Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Hello, this is Dr. O'Sullivan um, calling for, I mean, speaking to you from Holistic Veterinary Care and Acupuncture Center. Yes, I apologize, I haven't had a coffee yet this morning, so I'll try to get more with it here in just a second. Um, today, I wanted to talk to everybody about the potential for holiday hazards. We are, um, most of us, quite busy with the upcoming holidays and work and family, friends, food, travel, those types of things. So let's go over that today together. Um, I would very much like to encourage listeners to email questions about this or any previous show, information on the show, topics on the show, those types of things, but especially coming up to the holidays. There's just so much on our minds. You can email. Our podcast listeners can email to listeners at sylviaglobal.com. And you can post in the comment section there or on Sylvia Global Facebook page. And then I will get those questions and we can address your concerns. Now, this radio show is going to go on hiatus for a couple, four weeks or so for the holiday season. But I'd like to encourage our listeners once again to give me ideas for future shows that would be of particular interest to you. So anything that you have an interest in with regard to holistic medicine, holistic pet care, holistic approach, be it both Western, allopathic, traditional Chinese, and any of the topics that we've spoken about uh, in pet care. And I'll do my darndest to address those on one of our uh, live radio shows upcoming because I think it's very important that we all get our concerns and our questions answered with regard to the care of our, our uh, non-human loved ones. For today, um, I would like to broach the topic of how do we best care for our, well, it's more than our four-legged loved ones, isn't it? It is all of our non-human pets, loved ones, family members during this somewhat crazy time of the year. And um, we'll go through that kind of step-by-step step using my um, holiday experience my veterinary experience, and then a couple of wonderful questions that listeners have uh, already sent in. <laughs> I guess they're getting ready for the holidays early. So let's, let's just get started. And in the future, uh, if you would like to call into the show and ask questions, please feel free to do that by calling in to 347-215-6138. And once again, email us your questions at lis- listeners at sylviaglobal.com. So let's get started. Um, the concerns that might come up during this next season of celebration and thankfulness um, definitely seem to uh, be focused with our family, our friends, travel, gifts, Christmas trees, electric cores, chocolates, um, treats, those types of things. So um, let's start with food. I know, in my family at least, that uh, food is a huge part 
of the holiday feasting, the holiday celebration, the holiday gifting process. And sometimes our pets get the benefit and sometimes not such great benefit from that influx of food. And that is usually extremely tasty. Um, all of our favorites, which usually, well, uh, you know, our traditional turkeys and hams and prime ribs and um, sweets and chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And let's go over very quickly some foods that we might want to avoid and some behaviors that we might want to either ignore or correct in our, our pets. The foods to avoid, this is a very short list, um, and it will do the job for today. But if you're interested in a longer, more thorough list, we'll go over some pet poison hotline connections and some reliable websites that you can look into all year long, but especially going into this season. The foods to avoid that are toxic to animals and should not be fed are number one, chocolate. That's going to be a tough one, isn't it, um, going into the holiday season. And onions, scallions, grapes, and raisins. That's, you know, uh, part of the cooking for the season, especially with our raisins and then wanting to spice up and flavor our foods and our stuffings and those types of things. Apricot pits, plums, persimmons, macadamia nuts. I'm a big fan of those inside chocolate, and we got to make sure we keep those away from our dogs and our cats and our birds and our friends. Alcohol, don't share that with your pets. Uh, raw yeast and dough. Raw yeast and dough as we're cooking our bread for the holiday. If our dogs or cats get into it and eat it, those raw yeast and dough will continue to rise and get bigger and fill the stomach of our friends. And that is a medical emergency and most of the time has to be addressed in a surgical procedure. So let's just not do that. Let's try to make our houses as safe as possible and the term puppy-proofing uh, is very appropriate because we want to make sure that we keep things up and away and closed and doors um, shut, just as if we were having a brand-new puppy in the house that can get into everything. Then there's cherry pits, mustard leaf, mustard seed, and avocado peel. That's a very short list, like I said. If you're interested in finding out more lists of feed, food to avoid feeding because they're toxic to our friends, you can go to veterinarypartner.com. That's the site for everything veterinary medicine. It's very Western uh, thought process, but they're very thorough and very accurate in their list of uh, questions and information for pet owners. And the not only toxic foods, but sometimes, just like I do during the holidays, we have a tendency to overfeed our dogs and cats or feed them something as a treat that they normally wouldn't get. Now, as, as a practicing Western veterinarian and doing 24-hour emergency call, <laughs> about two days after Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, New Year's, other types of celebrations that involve lots of food, we would end up getting emergency calls, chronic vomiting calls, chronic diarrhea calls, bloated stomach calls, those types of things, kind of the same way I feel after eating too much Thanksgiving food. But these were for our, our friends, our, our pets, our cats, our dogs more so than cats, but sometimes our cats as well. Now, it's important that we all know that feeding 
turkey skin or feeding leftover meal or feeding the fat from a ham, those types of things to our dogs is not a treat. It's not a good idea. It's not, although they'll eat it up, I'm guessing, just yum, 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 this is the greatest day I've ever had type um, attitude going down. That's great. But excess fat, excess nutrients that our four-legged fuzzies aren't used to can cause some pretty serious digestive problems. The one that's most feared in veterinary medicine besides bloat, so we talked about in one of the shows previously, is pancreatitis. Now, pancreatitis normally is caused by a large influx, a large consumption of fatty foods. Now, that fatty food is classically turkey skin. It's excess fat on ham. It is the that marbling that's in a prime rib. It's the grease that comes off hamburger. It's it just fat, basically. And, you know, I can speak for myself that having my dog sit there and stare at you like, I really, really want some. You know, basically classic begging behavior. And then, you know, we, we, feel, we feel like we've got to give them something, okay? If we've got to give them something. Or your friends, your family, your guests feel like they have to give them something. Let's have treats for our dogs and cats on the table. Let's have baby carrots on the table. Let's have pieces of celery on the table so we can give that to them rather than giving them these leftover pieces of food and fat that will no doubt doubt cause at the minimum indigestion, maybe painful gas. But if we set off their pancreas by demanding that it tries to process this influx of fatty foods, that will no doubt end you up at the emergency hospital or at your veterinarian in about 48 hours. It is a very painful thing for our friends, and it is difficult to treat. And once our dogs and our cats get a case of pancreatitis, for whatever reason, their body from that day forward is prone to have pancreatitis attacks again. So we just don't even want to go there, okay? So when we have our friends, our family, our big meals, when our attentions are pulled away to the holiday events and all the responsibilities and all the things that need to be done with that, let's make sure that we prep our house and our table and all of our guests to properly feed and give our cats and dogs positive affirmation, allow them to be part of the festivities, but in a very safe food way. Um, So when it comes to that dinner with the turkey or the ham or the prime rib or greasy foods, if there's anything that we have on the table that our dogs and cats or birds or anything else like that are not used to eating on a daily basis, please be safe with that. Please don't don't do it. Don't overdo it. And please tell your friends, your family, your guests, please not to do it as well. And the thing is, all of us are just doing it trying to be nice or trying to give them a treat or those types of things. So um, like I said, let's stay away from that. If for some reason your dog or cat starts to have vomiting a couple days after the holidays, a couple days after a big meal, even if you didn't see it happen, or they have bad diarrhea or they don't feel like eating, err on the side of caution and call your local veterinarian and see what they have to say. You may have to bring them in for a test for pancreatitis or something else, okay? Because we get busy and we don't pay we can't. We can't pay attention to everything that's going on in our lives. So 
our friends get into things when we're not watching or when our guests go ahead and give them things for treats, like I said, that can kind of go awry. And we don't want an emergency visit to the veterinarian to be part of our holidays. So that brings me straight to chocolate. Um, chocolate, <laughs> um, I'm a big fan myself, and so are my dogs, unfortunately, good news, bad news, um, that they love it. Or they'll have that, um, what is it, those wonderful boxes of decorated chocolates or filled chocolate sitting on a table or wrapped in a gift under the tree or on the table or wherever it is that you either have your gifts that you're getting ready to wrap, getting ready to mail, getting ready to put under the tree, getting ready for a party, those types of things. Um, you have to remember our dogs, their sense of smell is somewhere on the order of 100,000 times as precise as ours. So the idea that we can hide chocolate from a dog is a little bit silly. So let's just be real careful and put them up, lock them up, uh, put them in a the refrigerator, put them outside in the garage in terms of a chest, whatever, whatever you have to do. And that precaution will definitely save you and your pets some grief down the road. And um, there are varying levels of toxicity in varying kinds of chocolate. That's absolutely true and very amounts of chocolate that various sized dogs can eat. So all of that is true. It's just let's all err on better safe than sorry and just not give our dogs chocolate. <laughs> just, let's just stay away from that. And maybe after the holidays, as the New Year comes around and uh, we want to know more about different kinds of chocolate, different kinds of foods that are controversial on the foods to avoid list, or let's say, why the heck is an avocado peel on the foods to avoid list? Now, we can definitely go into that on a later show or we can get you some uh, nice references and information as to why these things are toxic for our dogs and cats and the rest of the folks in our house. But for today, um, going into the, the crazy, hectic, wonderful season, let's just avoid it. Now, when we have guests in our house, when we have family, we have friends, we have excitement, we have music, we have all kinds of joyful, exuberant, exciting activities coming through our front door. This environment is quite a bit different many times for our pets. Now, we need to um, think about that in advance, please, and try to protect our not only our pets, but our guests from any kind of anxiety behavior, any kind of insecurity behavior, any kind of, uh, those, those would be our big two right there because the anxiety and apprehension and overexcitement lead to other things that um, can be a little aggravating and can be scary. Some of those will be if our dogs or cats aren't used to having many people in the house or aren't used to having children in the house, aren't used to having um, loud, booming voices in the house, those types of things. Sometimes they'll get frightful and maybe they'll go and they'll hide somewhere. Maybe they'll urinate or defecate in the house. Maybe they'll stop eating. Maybe they'll do many things um, that may be unexpected or you've never seen them do that before. Now, unfortunately, sometimes our pets, out of fright, out of anxiety, out of apprehension, uh, will actually run. They'll bolt, okay? Now, unfortunately, I've dealt with more than my fair cases of runaways 
um, of our dogs and cats during the holiday season. And as you might imagine, how dangerous that is. If my dog or cat gets out of the house, or gosh, my bird flies away. Something wrong at work. And when I was in Vegas, we had a couple of snakes um, just wander away. And in the cold weather, that's no good for them. And unfortunately, uh, many people still have snake phobias. And uh, <laughs> these snakes weren't treated too well when they actually got discovered. But as our pets, our dogs and our cats in particular, we have the ability to uh, have them microchipped. Now, microchipping is um, the insertion of a little chip between their shoulder blades under the skin that can be tracked and scanned for at any veterinary hospital, any shelter, those types of things. And it really does assure that animal gets back to its owner because these chips are registered. Actually, it's much like lowjacking your car, isn't it? That we insert something into our car, into our dog, into our cat that has all of our vital information to make sure that our friends get returned to us in a, in a horrible, frightful event that they go missing. Now, you can imagine if somebody comes running in the house and forgets to close the door out of the excitement of the holidays, if somebody goes outside to get a present, if somebody leaves the door open or a window open, those types of anything can happen. And our attentions are many times uh, drawn away. So microchipping, uh, you can call your traditional veterinarians. You can call a local shelter. You can call, um, actually, I would just look it up at one of your closest uh, rescue organizations, your local traditional veterinary hospital, or um, your local shelter, and talk to them about microchipping your animals. And it, is, it doesn't require anesthesia. It doesn't require anything along that line. You just have to make sure that you register the chips. Now, for those of you who already have your animals microchipped, which many of us do, we need to make sure that the information with the companies is up to date so that if our friends run away or get loose or who knows what might happen to them, that the information at the uh, chip organizations such as Home Again, such as Avid, is up to date. So we don't have to go through the whole, I know, I know, I know, that used to be my phone number, that used to be my address, that's not anymore because that causes a whole bunch of issues as well. So um, let's make sure that we update our microchips or call and get some information about microchipping our animals so that we're somewhat guaranteed, regardless of what happens now or in the future, they're coming home. And that's the most important piece is that they come home to a safe lifetime environment with you guys. Um, having frightened animals in the house for whatever reason, just lack of experience, lack of um, being in these situations before, can cause sometimes some situations that are not uh, not the best. And what I'm speaking of in particular are children. Now, many times if dogs and cats and other creatures haven't been exposed to children in their socialization period, which is very early on in their lives, they will not recognize children as something they're familiar and comfortable with. It's the you know, children, they, they sound funny. You know, they, they have a high squeaky voice sometimes. They move erratically. They sometimes yell. Sometimes they, they pat or hold or squeeze more firmly or more awkwardly than our pets might be used to. Sometimes they'll lay on that, our pets. Sometimes they'll um, trip over them, those types of things that our, our friends or four-legged fuzzies aren't used to maybe. And sometimes 
our pets will bite children out of being startled, being fearful, being inexperienced, those types of things. And we certainly don't want anybody in the house, children especially, to get hurt by a family loved one. But we also have to protect our guests, our children, and our pets from those kinds of situations. Because there's going to be a lot of energy, there's going to be a lot of excitement, there's going to be a lot of activity going on. And if we preemptively deal with the possibility that these might happen, so there aren't any uh, bad memories, there aren't any trips to hospital, there aren't any bad feelings for humans or our pets, that's ideal. And if you have any any thought that that might happen, or your cats or dogs or any of your creatures, uh, non-human creatures that is, don't have experience with children, first of all, you want to make sure that the children and the pets are well supervised, which sometimes doesn't happen. And we can always put our pets, our four-legged fuzzies, in a separate room. We can put them in our bedroom. We can give the dog their water and their food and their bedding and such. Or if they live in, if they uh, spend the night in crates and such, put those in a separate room and get them used to it. And we can do things like put a little bit of rescue remedy around the area just to relax them. We can do things like... Um, lavender diffusers in the room where our pets might be just to help them relax a little bit with the the upcoming excitement and those types of things. And when we talk about doing a box flower, uh, which is rescue remedy, is the number one um, box flower remedy used for generalized anxiety and stress. You can go to your local... Sometimes they're in pet stores. Most of the time they're in human vitamin stores, health food stores, or you can visit a website. Uh, it's what is it? www.bachremedies.com or call 1-800-314-BACH, B-A-C-H. Now, I'm not affiliated with this company at all. I just know that Rescue Remedy does work um, in many situations for anxiety and stress. So it might be a reference for you to look up and use as directed for this company. And they do have many other box flower remedies that you can add to the rescue remedy for different situations, be it, you know, or a separation or barking or those types of things. So just knowing that box flower remedies exist and that they are helpful in certain situations might be something you want to look into with the upcoming excitement of the holidays. Um, if you're traveling, to somebody else's house or a different event. Having a rescue remedy or something along that line for, let's say, extensive car travel. Does our pet get sick? Does our pet get anxious in the car? Is the experience of driving someplace or flying someplace, I'm not sure they're going to be flying now because it's too cold and flying is is a topic for a different day, but you have to be very, very careful with that, that you want to prepare your pet for any kind of traveling. And doing that is not much different than preparing other family members for going traveling. You want to make sure that in advance you have packaged up or you have the ability to package up and transport any medications, any supplements that our loved ones are on, food. We don't want to be switching out their food during travel because abrupt 
abrupt changes in food can cause some GI problems, some gastrointestinal problems, some stomach problems. Um, and if you feed your pet bottled water, distilled water, Brita water, well water, those types of things, I always ask my clients to bring that kind of water with their pets because I don't know about you, but when I travel, um, be it state to state, sometimes city to city, the water quality, the taste of the water, the amount of chemicals that have been used in the water or the amount of pollutants in the water changes place to place to place. So um, water is just not water. Um, so with our pets, if you can make sure to bring their meds, bring food that they recognize, bring their water, make sure that they have their collars with all of their tags, all of their identification, as I stated before, Make sure their microchip uh, information, their tag information is up to date. Um, how about blankets? How about some cushy bedding? How about something that smells like their house, smells like their normal bedding, smells like their human parent? So that would help to minimize the amount of anxiety during travels. And don't get me wrong, some animals love traveling. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I happen to be the proud owner of a couple of them that just dig it and they um, they're in a passenger seat, and they're stepping on the windowsill, having their heads hanging out, um, just smelling the world, smelling the air. And as controversial and as much as I used to think the opposite of what I do now, um, the amount of joy and the amount of fun that my dogs have, hanging their heads out the car as we're going down through different areas and different smells and different environments, um, it, it brings them joy. They really, really like it. And um, I know that there's a risk of something flying up their nose, flying in their eyes, those types of things. I, I recognize that. It's just my personal choice is to let my, let my dogs hang their heads out the windows if they want um, and smell, smell the earth. And when we stop, most of us in our travels, we're going to stop at, for gas. We're going to stop for a rest. We're going to stop for food, those types of things. We want to make sure we're as safe as possible. Now, this is coming from the voice of experience having to deal with uh, quite a few emergencies with either my dog or cat, 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 ran away at a rest stop because our cat friends weren't in a carrier. They were just loose around the car. That can be true for any pocket pets. It can be true for birds. It can be true for all manner of our friends that you don't usually have on a leash or some sort of restraining device so that even as they go out and wander around and smell and go to the bathroom and grab some food, that they don't get the urge to bolt, whether there's, you know, there's a horn honking or somebody's yelling or those types of things. We want to make sure that they're as safe as possible. So that means making sure that our pocket pets, our cats, are in carriers, especially even when we pull over, if they're loose in the car or the trailer or the RV, Put them into the crate before you open the doors. And I understand that's hard. You know, you get there, you have to use a restroom, you jump out because you're in a hurry. But um, nothing's going to stop the travel uh, plan as quickly as losing one of your pets. Uh, nothing else is as important when um, something like that happens. So let, let's try to avoid that. Now, uh, as we're traveling and preparing to travel for your human family, we can do things like look up pet-friendly hotels along your route. Look up um, pet-friendly um, parks along your route. If you are in an RV or you're traveling on the road for a long period of time, 
there are so many wonderful resources and you can actually just go to either Barnes and Noble or go online or actually many of the big animal hospitals now will have lists of vet, uh, pet friendly ho- hotels and those that will be true around the whole country here in the United States that each one of a hotel of a certain line will allow pets, which is nice. Um, that really knocks a lot of the research out, trying to call each individual place you might want to stop in your travels. And um, they are, they're, I've been to quite a few of my pet-friendly hotels. And in my case, uh, at that time, I had a couple of English masters and, gosh, a couple of Roddy Crosses, uh, Rottweiler Crosses. Now, these English masters were over 200 pounds apiece. And sometimes these hotels will only allow you to, well, they say they only allow you, you know, pets that are 40 pounds and below, or I think they some of them call them medium size, but in my opinion, 40 pounds isn't really a medium-sized dog because I'm, I personally, I'm used to having these, you know, 180-pound dogs in my life, so it just seems a little bit silly that I wouldn't be able to keep my dogs there. But you end up paying a little bit extra, um, and normally everybody, especially with the good cheer of the holidays, hopefully, will accommodate you. So um, anything, anything is possible. Now, we're about halfway through with the show right now, and I do have a list of questions that we'll address in just a second, but it really feeds into our next topic here. Many people for the holidays have trees, yes, and um, the <laughs> trees come with decorations, they come with lights, they come with electric cords, they come with batteries, they come with all manner of fun stuff for our dogs and cats to get into. They come with the um, what is the little the little stand that you put the Christmas tree in that you fill with water all the time that your dogs and cats might want to go up and drink out of under the tree or pull your tree mat un- from out from underneath the tree or your cats think that the dangling ornaments are the coolest thing they've ever seen and they must drag them down. And then I've met quite a few cats that actually run up the trees um, and end up <laughs> quite, quite a ways up the tree and they feel like they're stuck. So that ends up with a little bit of drama. And many people have valuable tree ornaments, valuable table ornaments, valuable um, family heirlooms and those types of things. So in my opinion, the idea of putting those things out and then having your dog or cat or your bird or your snake or your pocket pet, whatever it is, around the house and they get in trouble with something that's new in the house that's kind of silly from us humans, isn't it? Because the idea that our friends, our non-human friends are going to want to be involved and they're going to want to see what's new and they're <laughs> going to probably want to make a mess of it depending on what kind of safety net you put up. So let's just be mindful of that and not blame our animals for it if we didn't make it, um, you know, puppy trees, kids, trees, those types of things. Um, the gifts that we have under our tree, if they have ribbons on them, like those thin ribbons that you can run the um, scissors across and they curl up so sweet, those things can become foreign bodies in our dogs and cats, meaning actually snakes too and birds. If they get excited and they're chewing upon them and they're playing with the gifts, they're playing with the wrapping and they're doing all kinds of dog and cat fun things, if they eat these things, these pieces of material, these pieces of whether it's going to be 
gifts, like let's say nylons or undies or socks or ribbons or ornaments, uh, those pieces of material, when they're consumed, when they're eaten by our friends, can turn into foreign bodies. They're called linear foreign bodies, meaning that they're going to get stuck. They're going to, and it doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time. It just means it can happen. So a linear foreign body is something that's going to wreak havoc in the digestive system of our friends, not probably today, not probably tomorrow, but in the near and ongoing future. Now these things, depending on how that piece of material is behaving in there, hopefully it'll come out the other end, in your backyard, in a litter box, wherever, with no problems whatsoever. It's important for me to make sure that you know that sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes these pieces get stuck in them, and it causes, um, unfortunately, life-threatening conditions where they can't digest, they end up throwing up all the time, the body's trying to move it out, but it won't move, it causes wear and tear, and um, they get sick and they're painful, and you're going to end up in the hospital and probably looking at a surgery. And um, these guys, it's not like our friends did it out of anything but pure joy. They were just having fun, just goofing around with something new in the house. And then they ate it. I don't know about you, but I have a black lab. (laughs) Um, She she doesn't know what anything is until she sticks it in her mouth. Any puppy's going to do that, kittens do that. I don't know if you've ever seen your kitten play with... um, saran wrap or aluminum foil, those types of things because they crinkle and they make funny noises. It's fun for them, but that's okay. If they consume it, even a small piece of it, we may be in trouble, okay? So let's be safe. Let's um, do as much as we can to get toys, get fun things for our dogs and cats and birds that are safe for them so they can be entertained and that we need to dedicate some of our time to their Christmas, to their Hanukkah, to their Kwanzaa, to their, to their next month of celebration to make sure that they're not ignored, they're not feeling like they're ignored because everyone's so busy, they're not going to get into trouble. They get enough exercise. That's such, a huge, that's such a huge piece of this, exercise, exercise, out in the fresh air, and that all of our valuables, all the things that we think are so important during this holiday season, um, need to be mm, safeguarded from our pets as well as the other way around. Our pets need to be safeguarded from all the new additions in our house. As we've discussed so far, that <laughs> might be food, it might be toxins, it might be guests in the house, it might be travel, it might be fright, um, and it's a lot to think about. And I understand that, and we all want to be joyful, and we all want to just have a good time, and we want to include our non-human family members with us. So there are so many wonderful, safe ways to do that. But the things I've pointed out so far in this short amount of time are the things that myself and many of my veterinary partners have seen in practice that can really ruin a holiday season. So let's try to be mindful of those. Now back to the Christmas tree. Um, many times our Christmas trees, Christmas or holiday, let's say, um, presents, all of our putting things together to get them under the tree or send them out in the mail. They include batteries, right? They include electric cords. They include light bulbs, those types of things, things that are so easy to bite into, things that are so easy to just swallow so quickly. 
and uh, that happens. My black lab, <laughs> and it wasn't during the holidays, but she, when she was young, I was working on this computer. I'm staring at it right now, to be honest with you, and she went on the side of the couch. She's like, I could hear a chomp, 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 chomp. All of a sudden, my computer goes dead. I hear a yip, and she goes running out the door. She bit into the electric cord, and it shocked her. And um, to be honest with you, she's never been to an electric cord again. But biting into electric cords, eating batteries, have serious um, potential complications. If she had bitten into that cord and hadn't let go, or she had bitten more thoroughly through the coating on it, she could have gotten second-degree burns on her tongue. She could have gotten her tongue burnt through. She may have lost a tooth, those types of things. They can have neurological problems. You can imagine biting into an electric cord and not being able to get your mouth off of it. Um, having your tissues being burned in your mouth, then how do you eat? How do you drink? How do you medicate? Those types of things. You can imagine that that may cause a pretty darn quick stop to the um, festivities for the holidays here. Batteries, we know that those are shockingly toxic. So what I'd like to go over with you is how, if this happens, how do we deal with it right now? Okay, the things that we need to know to take best care of our pets in our house, no matter what kind they are, non-human pets, would be first and foremost to know the numbers of the local veterinary emergency hospitals in your area. We want to find out where those are. Make sure you have their number posted on your refrigerator or wherever it is that you could best get to it. Um, and then the Pet Poison Hot Helpline. Pet Poison Helpline. It is a 24-hour day, seven days a week helpline for any poisoning concerns. Their phone number, 800-213-6600. Let me say that again. The Pet Poison Helpline, 1-800-213-6680. You can call that number anytime, day or night, with any of your concerns about potential toxins, poisons, um, what do we call it, dietary indiscretion, like what the heck did my dog or cat just eat, right? These guys um, have unbelievable amount of experience. They have, well, they handle about 100,000 cases a year for a large number of clients. During the past three years, they've managed over 1.5 million cases of potential poisoning. And I'm guessing the majority of those are black lab puppies because they are just crazy. But what you can do, call them up. If you have any questions about any potential, if your dog or cat or bunny or, you know, your rabbit, your bird, your snake, your anything, acting oddly, uh, and the potential for they got into something, whether it's cleaners, whether it's candles, whether it's treats and chocolates, whether it's gifts, those types of things, because of course we want to get our house is nice and clean. We're going to have uh, maybe if our guests come to our house and they have prescription medications or God forbid aspirins or um, medications like that on the sink and they didn't put it up and that's something new and fun for our friends to get into. Call these guys at the Pet Poison Helpline, 1-800-213-6680. Now what you can do is they will give you a case number 
you tell them everything. They'll give you some ideas. If you end up doing a follow-up consultation with your local veterinarian at the emergency hospital or your regular hospital, you call them up and you say, this is who I am. I'm on my way with my friend and I just called the Pet Poison Helpline. This is my case number. Your veterinarian can call the Pet Poison Helpline while you're driving there and get all the information that these experts at the Poison Helpline have and be ready for you when you get there. So that way you avoid waiting again and talking about it again and doing things. But the toxicologist um, will do follow-up consultations with your local veterinarian and treatment advice for all types of pets. Now, um, this pet line here, many of them only do dogs and cats in a very specific. Now, this line, the reason I'm giving it to you is because they not only manage canine and feline poison, they assist with all treatments of avian birds, small mammals, equines, which are horses, other large animals, which are going to be your farm animals, and exotic pets, which are your pocket pets, your reptiles, those types of things. So um, they do have a one-time consulting fee. You put it on your credit card or your debit card or whatever, and you get a ton of information from the pros. And then you can bring that straight to your uh, local veterinarian for a consultation with no extra cost. So believe me, that's probably the best $35 you'll ever spend. So keep that number local. Keep the numbers to your local emergency hospital. And let's talk about having the numbers to your local animal shelters around. Now this feeds off the idea, or hopefully it would never happen, but be ready, the potential that your family friend may get loose, may run away, may, um, I don't know, just get lost during the excitement of the holidays. And most people, hopefully, that find your friend will call the local shelter and say, hi, I found this dog or cat or bird or snake or rabbit or whatever, and give a description so that the local shelter will be a very nice place for you to call and report your friend missing, but also see if they've gotten reports of it there. So having those phone numbers at hand and not trying to dig them up in the case of um, an event is very calming, and I can tell you that professionally and personally. So... Um, those numbers will be very, very helpful for you. Now, I have our listener question. Um, we have uh, a lady that says here, my mother-in-law gave us a cat as an early Christmas gift. She was a rescue and we absolutely adore her. Then we bought a Christmas tree. She keeps trying to eat the needles. I've heard Christmas trees are toxic to cats, so I've been shooing her away but we will be out of town this weekend and I'm worried about her eating the tree and getting sick or worse while I'm gone. What can I do to keep her away from it? Is it true that it's toxic? Should I be worried? Okay, so first of all, thank you very much for the question. Second of all, um, in my personal opinion, and I'm, I'm, I have a very, very strong opinion about this, animals are not gifts, okay? Animals are a forever obligation to advocate for their well-being and take care of them for a lifetime. Now, I'm very happy to hear that this gift, this cat, was from a rescue, a rescue organization, and I, I, I love them, and I actually have one in Las Vegas, that I think that's fantastic that her mother-in-law rescued a cat and, and gave, them, gave it to them. But giving, giving it to you as a gift, 
and not being prepared for things like you're asking me. They have a Christmas tree. She's eating the needles. Um, they've heard that they're toxic cats. Now, this is kind of a summing up of everything that I've been babbling at you for the last 45 minutes. We have an unexpected pet. We have an unexpected situation with the Christmas tree. We have an inability to keep the cat or the tree protected from each other, and we're going out of town. I mean, goodness gracious, this is this is not fun at all, right? So um, first and foremost, how do we protect our kitty cat, okay? Um, our cat can go to a neighbor's house that doesn't have a tree. Our cat can go to your local veterinarian to have them board your new kitty cat while you're away. You can isolate your new kitty cat into the bathroom or into a bedroom or into a room that's got a door that closes away from the Christmas tree. You can um, call friends or local pet sitters to come over and check on your kitty cat. Um, and I'm hoping that kitty cat won't be uh, alone for a long time, but tons of water, food, litter box, litter box kept away from the food and the water, of course, and be prepared for a new cat in your house in new surroundings and then being left alone might do some silly things as well. Um, the shooing her away from the tree, I don't think that'll work. I honestly don't because cats are curious creatures. A cat um, new to your house, left alone in the house, has this awesome tree to go play with. If it has ornaments on it, sure, sure they're going to they're gonna get in trouble with that. So we definitely need to protect both of them. With regard to eating the tree needles, that's what I was talking about earlier with our foreign bodies, with our gastrointestinal problems, with our, she might be eating them because they're fun, she might be eating them because she's got a little bit of an upset stomach, a little bit nervous stomach, sounds like she's been through a lot. She's you know, from a rescue, came into a new house, came into a new environment, has a fun Christmas tree, now her new parents are going to leave. Um, so you can imagine there might be a little bit of anxiety there. Um, you can talk to your local traditional vet about some of the environmental things you might do to keep her nice and relaxed. If you're not able to bring her somewhere to board her to keep her as safe as possible away from anything that might hurt her while you're away. Um, is it true that the needles from a tree are toxic? Many times the trees that are sold are sprayed with things, sprayed with chemicals, sprayed with preservatives, and then when they're growing, they also add some chemicals to them and such. And then the, the actual shape, size, and the pointy end of our needles, of our um, pine needles or whatever kind of tree you have, sure, they can cause some pretty serious problems with cats. But once again, as I just said, that if you want to know the answers to these questions with regard to toxicosis, to, you know, the toxic potential for anything you have in your house, including whatever kind of tree this is, whether it's got a coating, whether it has that fake snow, uh, where it came from, definitely use the Pet Poison Helpline at 1-800-213-6680 or call your local veterinarian and talk to them about, hopefully in your case, you'll be able to board new kitty bear, you'll be able to talk to them about some things and especially discuss what kind of tree you have and then make sure kitty doesn't eat too many meals because I, I would hate to have you visit the veterinarian for an obstruction for anything else going on with Kitty. And make sure Kitty gets on a really good, high-nutrient, high-protein, appropriate diet for her or him, Kitty Cat, 
when you guys get home from wherever it is your travels are. So I'm sorry I can't be more specific for you with regard to the type of trees, but um, consider them um, maybe not toxic, but definitely dangerous, okay? And that kitty can spend some time in a room away from the Christmas tree, boarding or with um, daycare, you know, having somebody come in and out of your house. So uh, at this point, I hope you have a wonderful holiday and congratulations on your new uh, family member, your kitty cat. And I hope I hope this all works out for you. Just make sure that her first endeavor with you guys is as safe as possible. And I really appreciate your question. There. That's wonderful. Um, and your last question to me was, should I be worried? No, don't be worried. Be proactive. Be an advocate for your new friend. And just make some phone calls and make some arrangements for her. Or, I don't know, don't go out of town. I, you know, I don't know uh, how you can best accommodate your lifestyle with hers, but hopefully this is a lifetime obligation and a, you know, an advocacy and a wonderful relationship for you. So have a good holiday, and thanks again for the question. I appreciate that. Um, so as a lead-in from our listener question, um, I want to make sure that we're quite knowledgeable and... Um, yeah, that, that's a good word for it. Uh, animals, animals are not gifts, okay? There's a lot of people, a lot of places, a lot of pet stores that try to promote, oh, buy a puppy, buy a kitten, buy this, buy that, and you give it as a gift to somebody that's not prepared for it. Now, this, this is another living, breathing life that we are responsible for, and we're responsible for being as educated about what its needs are, what its environment is, what its temperature requirements are, what its medical care is, and that, um, in my experience, that the puppy thing is just um, uh, sometimes unfortunate. But animals aren't gifts, you know. So even if you want to give a gift certificate to a family member about getting a new puppy or a new kitten or a new bird, okay, maybe we can give a gift certificate and then give it with a book, you know, Puppies for Dummies or some sort of educational book and then talk to all the family members because this is an addition to your life that who's going to care for it, who's going to feed for it, whose pocketbook is it coming out of, who's going to exercise it, those types of arrangements prior to bringing a new creature who needs your time, your care, your education, your attention, your pocketbook, and your advocacy in its life every minute going forward, just like being surprised with a young child. That would be inappropriate. And in my personal opinion, and hopefully the opinions of many other people, that animals are not gifts. So please, please, every urge you have to get a creature and bring it into your home and hand it to somebody with a bow on it, please don't do that. If you, you know, Hand them a book, hand them a tape, hand them a CD, and then at the back of it saying, if we go through these steps as a family, if we go through these steps and make these arrangements, we can go get a puppy from a rescue or from a shelter or from a reputable breeder, those types of things. But um, I would strongly, strongly, um, everyone that's listening and everyone that you know, please do not use animals as gifts. Um, and that being said, we are, as a, as a group, um, quite busy during the holidays. And whether we try to stay relaxed, try to stay zen, try to stay... Um, um, out of the hustle and bustle, sometimes we get caught up in it, and I, I understand that. It happens to my, uh, me as well. But we have to remember that our pets, regardless of what kind they are, they need us. They need us all the time. They can't 
they can't speak for themselves, they can't feed themselves, they can't advocate for themselves. And sometimes the signs, the signals, the things that they're telling us are subtle. They're subtle. And um, making them part of our festivities is so perfect because it's their family, it's their life, it's their um, it's their holiday as well, but we just have to be safe like we've been talking about for the last hour with that. But um, whatever we can do to make sure they get outside, make sure they take their walks, make sure they get some exercise, make sure they get clean water and wonderful food, it is as healthy for you doing it as it is for them receiving it. Um, the the idea of getting us away from our hustle and bustle, taking our mind up um, things uh, is as healthy and recuperative and medicinal and wonderful and spiritual any other gift that our non-human friends can give us. And for us to recognize and appreciate that and actually take part in it is it, a blessing. And regardless of who you are and what you're doing, if you've got a non-human friend in your life, please think about everything that they demand from us with regard to food, shelter, love, water, meds, supplements, exercise, friendship, inclusiveness. All of those things are blessings to us. All of those things remind us that uh, the holidays are somewhat superficial, aren't they? I mean, stuff, like stuff, stuff really doesn't matter. Stuff is temporary. Stuff is stuff, is stuff right? Love, relationships, family, safety, and kindness, compassion. These are the big hitters, aren't they? I mean, these are the things that make our life worth rolling over every morning and giving our dogs and cats and our, you know, our loved ones a kiss. So as much as as fun as all of this is, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I, you know, I'm getting ready to have a good time as well, and I'm going to miss you guys doing this for the next you know, month or so when the show's on hiatus, but please go away from today's holiday hazards chit-chat knowing that being mindful of all the potentialities for our friends that can't speak for or take care of themselves is doing us a lifetime of good to pull our attentions away from superficial Black Friday money spending excitement family drama stuff and centering us in caring for those who give us unconditional love in a very fun, wonderful, hopefully fresh air, relaxation, good healthy food type of way. So um, above and beyond all things, I want to wish everybody who's listening a happy, happy holiday and very, very safe for all of you, everybody you know, all of your relatives, all of your four-legged fuzzies, all of your non-human friends, and everyone you know, everybody you know. And encourage you to get a hold of us Tell us how we can be most helpful for you in this upcoming year and how we can address some of your concerns, just like our listener question now for our Christmas tree. And then I'll continue to do my best to serve that purpose and to make sure that we go forward and educate everybody, hopefully, about these things. So uh, happy holidays to everybody. And I want to go over um, just very quickly in our last couple minutes what we've talked about So if you need an extra chance to write down some phone numbers, write down some ideas, please do that, okay? And then have a wonderful holiday. Um, A brief synopsis, be careful of toxic foods, especially the fat off our turkeys, our hams, our steaks. We don't want to get a pancreatitis. Stay away from chocolate, 
onions, scallions, grapes, raisins, alcohol, yeast, dough, cherries, avocado peels, mustard, those types of things. Let's make sure that our, our friends, our pets, don't get unduly frightened by our guests, by our situation, by our activities, by our noise, by our celebrations, those types of things. And there are things that we can do. Keep them in a different room. Give them fun toys. Give them nice bedding. Look into maybe rescue remedy through box flower remedies. Very, very safe stuff. Very, very lovely for anxiety and stress. Many people already know that. Talk to your local veterinarian about how you could do even more. If you're traveling, make sure that we have everything they need, just like packing for your children. Um, and that we... Um, can look for pet-friendly hotels. Uh, we want to make sure that we keep pets and children safe with and from each other, just in case there's anything that happens with overexcitement. Keep our friends away from our electric cords and our batteries. And last but not least, um, I guess I want to encourage everybody to send your questions now and in the future to listeners at sylviaglobal.com. We're monitoring that through the holiday season, and I'll make sure to do my best to answer your questions, and they can, I can answer on the Sylvia Global Facebook page or your individual questions on the listeners at sylviaglobal.com. So um, that being said, when the show comes live again, we'll also be available for you to call in at the 347-215-6138. In our short, short few moments, I really, really want to thank Asenap, who's been um, helping me through every single one of these shows by reminding me what I need to do and don't need to do and who's talking and all of my inexperienced veterinary-only mentality. She is just perfect. Thank you, Asenap. You, you're, you're perfect. Um, last but not least, in our couple minutes, please get the numbers of your local emergency hospitals or your local veterinarian. Make sure that your microchip information is up to date. Make sure you have your poison control number. Make sure you have the numbers of the local animal shelters. And make sure that our friends have a really wonderful holiday season. They get their safe toys. They get lots of love, lots of pets, lots of positive information. And um, make it a wonderful holiday for everybody that's involved. And your guests and friends and family Hopefully you can make their introduction to your non-human friends extremely positive. So it's very exciting and that we have positive affirmation for a new, exciting, sometimes scary, wonderful family event is which the holidays should be. And um, everybody stay safe and take care of your family. And I hope your travels aren't too stressful. And to remember that this whole month, as important as it seems, is about some more things that are so, so concrete. So remember what's important and love everybody and uh, make sure that all of your non-human friends get a real big kiss and <laughs> um, hopefully we can start the year again together and continue to educate each other about how to better take care of each other. Um, happy holidays, everybody. I'll talk to you as soon as I can. And please go ahead and send us questions as soon as you can. Happy holidays. Bye-bye.